Welcome to the audio podcast for the main service of Northridge Church. Our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and challenges you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for today. So while you give us a glimpse of what it will be like to be in heaven singing to you, the King of Kings, where all creation will gather in unity and give you praise and glory. Thank you for this moment in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, good morning. As you have a seat, tell the person next to you that you look forward to singing with them for eternity. And, and say it like you mean it. Say it like, even if maybe you don't. Uh, Mark just mentioned that that may have been a bit of a creepy um, introduction to the day, but uh, all right. Good morning. All right. Uh, ironically, I want to bring you a, a quick teaching about the opposite of being together. Let me explain. Um, just as we're adding this call to worship at the beginning of our service and kind of starting to build some traditions and routines for how we, how we do our Sundays, um, one of the things we want to bring back is is that just that little two-minute teaching that uh, our hosts have been doing. And so today I kind of want to model it. Uh, we, our goal is to bring just a short encouragement each week on, on one of three topics. We're going to really kind of try, try and keep to three overarching topics, either giving, serving, which you guys hear a lot of, but we're, we're throwing in, actually it was a, a Mark inspiration, talked about um, kind of inviting you into these spiritual disciplines, or reminding you of ways that you can go deeper with the Father and, and, and kind of beef up your, maybe your devotional life or your walk, your personal walk with Jesus. So today I'm going to talk briefly about the discipline of solitude. Um, now you can start your clock. It, this should take me no longer than two minutes. All right, here we go. Again, this is an odd one to share directly after we've talked about being together and the beauty of being together and worshiping together. But there really is a time and a place for separating yourself from everything, from turning everything off. And I'm not talking about what I have every intention of doing today, this afternoon, going home and plopping in front of the TV to watch my Seahawks lose again. It's, it's not, uh, do not celebrate the, the losing of the Seahawks. But uh, uh, it's, it's not about just kind of finding your comfortable alone time. Uh, for me, my best times of solitude are maybe even in an extended drive, um, and I turn the radio off. And because I like to have noise and music on in the background, but I turn the radio off. Or maybe like we've got a, we live out in the middle of the wilderness, and, and so sometimes we'll just do a little walk around the neighborhood, or I will do that by myself. Just taking some time to be away from everything. We live a noisy life. There's always something going on. There's someone to talk to, something to listen to, an opinion that is being shared. And just to turn that off and discipline yourself to find those moments of solitude. So, was that two minutes? Like, pretty good? Did anybody time me? Nice. Thank you, CJ. Uh, okay. Now, we're going to move into another part that we're going to build in, again, into our, our regular thing. We're going to continue to pray, and today we're going to be praying for Amparo International. For those of you who aren't aware of, of what Amparo is, um, years ago now, we sent Brent Michelle Ellingson, 
from Northridge Church to go to Nicaragua. And there they built a school, and it's been going incredible. And we want to be continuing to pray for them. We want to provide you with opportunities to part with them, whether it be financially or to, to visit them as missionaries. Uh, right now, one of the things we can be praying for for them is they're trying to apply for uh, a five-year, I'm going to get it wrong, Gord, do you remember what it's called? A five-year visa or something like that. They want to be able to um, extend their, their time in Nicaragua, and so we can be praying for that. And what I'm going to do that's a little bit different from what we've been doing in the summer, in the summer we've left this blank space and we've invited you to stand where you're at and, and pray out loud for, for all of us to hear. But I'm going to invite one person, and I don't have a person in mind. So if you would like to pray uh, specifically for Amparo, I'm going to invite you to come up. And uh, you can do that even now, actually, if, if you feel inspired to, to, to pray for us and, and lead us in prayer for Amparo. You can do it while I'm, while I'm talking. I'm kind of hoping somebody's going to stand up and walk up here and pray for Amparo. And then I'm going to close with uh, a prayer for Amparo, but also a, a blessing and a prayer for our offering time and a blessing of our kids who are off to Sunday school. So um, with that in mind, I don't know if you've started your journey yet. It's kind of dark out there. But I, I would like for one person, and for those of you who know me, know that I'm stubborn. This could get awkward. But I would like one person to come up here and pray for Amparo. Who will? <laughs> I, I'm, oh, Terry will. Terry Scott, sure, leave it to Terry. <laughs> You've been voluntold, Terry. Now, Kay, I don't know if I want to start that as a practice here, where somebody just shouts at somebody, I volunteer Steve. Now, if Terry does want to pray for Amparo, I don't know if you have a connection with Amparo. You don't need one necessarily, but uh, uh, I would like for somebody, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm like the David Letterman of, of Sunday Morning Hosts. Steve, thank you. I, I didn't actually mean to call it a Steve. Steve was my random name, but Steve's going to pray for Amparo, and then I'll steal a mic from him and close. Thank you, Steve. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for allowing us to meet today. And we especially pray for uh, Minor Roxanne's really good friends, Brett and Michelle. Um, when they told us about this, oh, 10 years ago that they were planning on doing this, we were set there in a bit of disbelief, but... Over those 10 years, we've seen the, the miracles that uh, the Lord has provided for them, allowed them open doors and to build this school for them, Lord, or help them build the school for these kids and, and the expansion plans that they have. And we just thank you for them. Thank you for the, keeping them safe over there, thanking for opening the doors and not shutting the doors. And when a door is shut, you seem to open it for them, Lord. And we just thank you um, that you're just, I think you've put the perfect two people in that situation, Lord, and we just uh, ask that you continue to bless them, give them guidance, lead them on this path that they're on, and just uh, be with them always, Lord, and we just thank you. Father, again, we, we lift up Brent Michelle, and for the, the leaders and volunteers that they've assembled. Uh, Lord, one of the things that has been a hallmark of this ministry is they truly are a light on the hill, and Lord, we pray they would shine bright in mango. Bless them. Father, we also pray your blessings on the tithes and offerings that are about to be received right now. Uh, we pray your will be done with them. And Lord, if people feel compelled to give directly to Empower, Lord, I pray that you would speak to them and, and release those funds. We also pray a blessing over our kids, over our grade 5 to 12s as they go off to their class. Lord, I pray that this time together would be rich, where they would draw nearer to you 
and then also draw nearer to each other, that there would be friendships developed, relationships formed, and uh, just foundations for their walk forward. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. Okay, so I'm, I'm being serious. I know you guys probably are still squirming over that moment of awkwardness, but this is something we're going to be doing. And so uh, if you feel the tap, tap, tap of the Holy Spirit, that it's, it's your time to pray, you don't have to be an elder in our church. Um, you don't have to be six foot four. Uh, you, can, you can be just anybody, all right? And, and we want to hear and have you lead us in prayer. The purpose of this time is, is, again, to activate the saints. We've got a room full of prayers in this room, and we don't want to miss an opportunity to, to leverage that for the kingdom. All right, enough of that. Um, so we've got the offering going around. We're doing great. Uh, very quickly, announcements. They're quick, but they're really important. Uh, again, this fall, we've started, again, this, this calendar tradition where in the spring and in the fall... We are doing these ministry nights on Thursdays. And uh, last year, last fall, last, excuse me, last spring, we introduced the Bible study. Stephen Roxanne led our, our Bible study in the, in the spring. And we're going to be reintroducing that again this fall. Uh, we're going to have on Thursday nights, we're going to have our Bible studies. So this is something that's kind of a, a perfect um, situation where it's ideal if you're meeting with this regularly. But it's not a study through a section of Scripture. It could be a different section of Scripture that we study each week. And so you can pop in for one week. And if you can't make the next week, that's okay. We'd, we'd love to build relationship with you, but it can be a one-off. And so uh, we'll talk more about the, the start date for that coming, coming up. But at the same time, we're bringing back Alpha. We're going to be running the Alpha course again this spring. This fall, excuse me, man, seasons are hard. Um, this fall, we're going to be running the Alpha Course. And so this is our first call for people who uh, are wanting to be participants in the Alpha Course. We're calling to you. I need to hear from you. Also, if there are people who want to be involved in serving at it, that could be anything from sitting at a table and leading a table at the Alpha Course or making meals. Um, we want to put you to work. And so if, if God's telling you or if you're feeling the need and you want to be a part of that program, again, connect with me. Uh, this week would be great. All right, and now it's time for the word. I I'm excited to have Pastor Les really kick off. Oh, I got to release the kids. That's right. Uh, grade 5 to 12, so middle schoolers and high schools, you are dismissed. And be blessed. And we'll see you later. Uh, now I'm really excited to invite Pastor Les to come up and kick off our sermon series on the gifts. This is a man who I really respect. I have a high degree of confidence in his obedience, listening to God, and, and sharing with us those things that, he, that God has for us. So I'd encourage you all to open your ears, open your hearts, and listen to what God will be speaking to us this morning. Pastor Les. Thank you, Pastor David. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, isn't it? Because God is good. Not everyone believes that. Because God is good all the time, all the time. I'm excited today because today is a, kind of an exception in the sense that I don't often have my five grandchildren under one roof. I have three who, uh, whose parents have just bought a home with us in Mission, that's Bethany, Natalie, and Mike Alexander. 
And uh, I have two that are with us from Cody, Wyoming today. That's Ethan and Emma Lee. And it's kind of cool to have my grandchildren all together. It's a pretty neat thing. Yeah, so we're beginning today this series on spiritual gifts. And uh, I hope you recognize the one you have and that you will put it into practice soon. And we're going to begin by reading from the kind of theme passage uh, that has most of them described in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And um, before we do that, let's just pause and pray. Lord, uh, as we enter into looking into your word today, Jesus, we desire you to speak to us by your spirit and through your word. And uh, we open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul, the Apostle Paul writes, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed, or I don't want you to be ignorant about them. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's just pause there for a moment, because... This is kind of an interesting thing, the Apostle Paul bringing together these words, introducing the spiritual gifts, and literally the, the word in the original language, um, the word in the original language is spirituals. It's spirituals. So it's translated spiritual gifts, but it's literally spirituals. And Paul says, I want to introduce these spirituals or these gifts to you. But first of all, I want you to know that Jesus is Lord. I want you to know that Jesus is Lord. And Pastor David last week talked about the, the fact that we need to appreciate the giver of the gifts as well as the gifts themselves. Amen? And we need to acknowledge that this, this giver is Jesus and he is Lord. And we need to acknowledge that today together out loud. Can we do it together on the count of three? Everyone shout out, Jesus is Lord. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. No one can say that he is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And Paul continues, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. The same God who is at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now the subject of spiritual gifts is one of the more controversial issues in the church today. There are opinions as to how they are visible in the body of Christ, and 
The question is, are they visible at all in the body of Christ? Are they visible in your life or in your family? Are they visible in, in your church, in this church? We get glimpses of the purpose or function of spiritual gifts throughout the New Testament. In Romans chapter 1, verse 11, the Apostle Paul writes, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Verse 12 continues, that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Now, as we read a few moments ago in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about spiritual gifts. Paul begins by telling us not to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. That is, he wants the church to know and understand the origins, nature, and purpose of these gifts. If we're ignorant of them, we can't hope to learn why we have them. But it's important to note that we don't obtain spiritual gifts because of anything we do. We don't, we don't do anything to earn them, and we do not deserve them. We don't deserve them. Spiritual gifts are not a result of how righteous you live or how well you keep the commandments or rules of God. So why do spiritual gifts exist? They exist so we can use them. How many of you have received a gift that you didn't use? Anybody receive a gift you never used it? That's not a very purposeful gift, is it? But spiritual gifts are useful. They help make us strong. They serve others. They encourage. They strengthen. They comfort. I mean, if it's the gift of healing that God has given you, then you are blessing somebody with that gift of healing and praying and, and blessing that person, acknowledging that God is at work in their lives. We don't have the ability in and of, the natu in and of natural causes we don't have that ability in and of ourselves to save, to serve, or to sanctify. Paul deferred crediting himself. In 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says, My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, though they could have been, because he was a very smart man, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. In Romans 12, verse 6, the Bible says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Let us use them. And we use them to serve others, and in so doing, they create unity and display the amazing grace of God. But they exist for the explicit purpose of being used. Gifts are given to be given and shared, not hoarded. We have gifts so that we can serve God more effectively Worship him more sincerely and know him with greater intimacy. Don't you want to know God like that? Amen. First Peter tells us that everyone has a gift. Every person here today, you have a gift. You have a spiritual gift. James writes this. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. The Apostle Paul wrote to his son in the faith, Timothy, reminding him to fan into flame the gift of God. You may, be, you may be thinking, I realize that God has given me a gift, but you know what? I haven't really used that gift in a long time. And today, the Holy Spirit is saying, fan into flame the gift of God in your life. 
fan into flame that gift of God. For the spirit God gives us does not make us timid. In other words, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline or of a sound mind. And then the Holy Spirit moves into a person's life and the Holy Spirit brings gifts. And all who are part of the body of Christ will have spiritual gifts. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 4.10, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And I like verse 11 in 1 Peter 4. It says, If anyone speaks, he should do so as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So spiritual gifts should be used to serve other people. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul wrote this. He said, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. It may sometimes be easier attempting to express a particular spiritual gift in a brash or angry or insensitive manner or to impose judgment on another person but that's clearly not the way of love is it that's not the way of the spirit of God what seems to be implied here is that in eagerly desiring spiritual gifts we should also eagerly contend for their authentic manifestation we want, in, in operating in the gifts of the Spirit, we want to be able to be authentic in that. And not crazy or phony or scary or hanging from the chandeliers or copycatting somebody else. But boldly, genuinely, calmly declaring the word from the Lord. So the first one we're going to look at briefly today is the gift of prophecy. Again, the Apostle Paul wrote, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So there was a particular poignant emphasis that the Apostle Paul was gives, giving concerning prophecy, that he thought that that's an important gift to be ministered in the, in the context of love and loving, a loving relationship. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort, he says in 1 Corinthians 14.3. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Because this accomplishes at least three things. Number one, strengthening builds up. Number two, encouragement fires up. And number three, comfort holds up. And we need those elements in our lives, don't we? The gift of prophecy is a divinely inspired utterance prompted by the Holy Spirit to a believing Christian for the common good and the edification of the church. So there's a purpose to it. There's a point to it. We need edification happening in this church. One who is prompted by the Holy Spirit with a prophetic gift is speaking forth the Word of God, either reviewing it restating it or interpreting it so if God has given you a, a gift of the a gift of prophecy and you have a word and you may have one that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to minister even today you may have that gift 
that it's, it's a word that you are speaking forth from the word of God that is primarily reviewing the word, restating it, or in, interpreting it. The original Greek word for prophecy is propheteia, which means to speak forth. The primary use of the word is not predictive in the sense of foretelling the future, but interpretive, declaring or forthtelling the will and the counsel of God. In other words, the most common form of prophecy is simply speaking God's word, or explaining it, or interpreting it. And many of you may remember the Old Testament and the book of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah's day, when Ezra the prophet or Ezra the priest began reading God's word to all the Jews who had gathered in Jerusalem, many of them who had returned from exile didn't speak Hebrew anymore. They spoke Chaldean or they spoke Babylonian. They spoke another language, but many of them could not understand what Ezra the priest was talking about when he was reading the word of God to them. And so the Levites went around to all the people, uh, among the people, and as the people were gathered and listening and going, what is, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? And the priests and the Levites would say to them, this is what it means. This is what he's talking about. And they would bring clarification. So the gift of prophecy is characterized by speaking with and insight, especially when enabled by the Spirit of God, demonstrating moral boldness and uncompromising commitment to worthy values, a dynamic, clear, and sure word from the Lord, a dynamic and clear and sure word from the Lord. As we alluded to earlier in his first epistle, Peter wrote, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very word of God. I like the old authorized version, the King James Version, says this in, of that verse. It says, let him speak as the oracles of God. Because it is the very divine word of God that he's given you in, in prophecy. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So it's a little sobering in that if you speak in the gift of prophecy, you at least for the moment are existing in the category of a prophet of God with all its righteous requirements and responsibilities. There is, a, there is the sense of, of something being birthed in your spirit. The word of God is being birthed in your spirit. The operation of the gift of prophecy would begin with a spirit-filled believer declaring words to the effect, I believe the Lord is saying this to the church or to this group or this individual, and the prophetic word would be spoken as prompted by the Holy Spirit. The type of spiritual gift may not always, may not always be immediately recognizable, but it still has an important message to God's people. In other words, it may, be, it may be a word of wisdom, or it may be a word of knowledge. It may be a, just a simple prophetic word from, from God's word. It may not be uh, immediately identifiable as to what, what category it fits in, but it nonetheless is important, a prophetic word from the Lord. 
Now, a New Testament example of a prophetic foretelling is seen in Acts 21, where Luke writes, after we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And coming over to us, he took Paul's belt and tied his own hands and feet with it and said, the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit says this, in this way the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And of course, of course that occurred to the Apostle Paul, as prophesied according to the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul writes this, a word of caution. He says, two or three prophets should speak, and others should weigh carefully what is said. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Now, the question, or not the question, but the reality is, any believer may exercise the gift of prophecy. But ideally, the one who is exercising the gift of prophecy is active in the Word and in prayer and is asking the Holy Spirit to be present in his or her life and also is a regular part of the body of Christ or at least is known to them by reputation. Someone has written that the gift of prophecy demands a very high order of fellowship between the vessel and its maker. In other words, you, we need to be with God. We need to be people who are, who are with the Lord in relationship with him and ministering to him and those kinds of things. We are exhorted to publicly judge prophecies because error, misuse, or human opinion can slant the prophecy in the wrong direction. The lack of such evaluation may actually allow the prophecy to cause confusion or misdirection. And we're almost conditioned to do that these days because we're always asking, is that, is that true or is that fake news? You know? Maybe the Lord is speaking to your heart from your devotional reading today or from another source that includes the Word of God. If God has given you a prophetic word, there will be time to share that at the end of the service. The second spiritual gift that I wanted to look at today is the Word of Wisdom. Wisdom is a divinely inspired utterance prompted by the Holy Spirit to a believing Christian for the common good and the edification of the church. The gift of the word of wisdom is characterized by supernatural perspective to ascertain the divine means for accomplishing God's will in given situations. Divinely given power to appropriate spiritual intuition and problem solving. A sense of divine direction. Being led by the Holy Spirit to act appropriately in a given set of circumstances. Wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. Wisdom works interactively with knowledge and discernment. If there's any day and age in which we need wisdom, it's today, isn't it? We need wisdom. God grant us wisdom. Someone has said that knowledge without wisdom can end in sheer fanaticism, and the proper exercise of all the other gifts of the Spirit must largely depend upon a true value being placed upon the word of wisdom. Now, this word that Paul uses... In 1 Corinthians, the first three chapters of 1 Corinthians, he uses the word wisdom, or in the Greek is sophos. 
and its associates occur about 24 times. And it's always marked with the distinction between the wisdom of men and the wisdom of God. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but Paul writes, we preach Christ crucified, the power and wisdom of God. Solomon wrote this, he said, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. But are these gifts of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge natural or supernatural gifts? Some people would have us believe that they're simply gifts of the natural and they have been maybe sanctified by the Holy Spirit and consecrated to the service of God. But this is really inconsistent with Paul's indication of the source of these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. He writes, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. So there is a specific enlightening. There is something that the Spirit of God is doing through the giving of the gifts. The Holy Spirit distributes them to each one just as he determines. And this is the insistent note of the whole passage of 1 Corinthians 12. To one is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by that same Spirit. Now, lest anyone thinks that he or she is a repository of a, gift, of a gift, because I've heard in the past people say, where's the effect? Well, I move in this particular gift, or I move in that gift. And maybe God allows you to speak in that more than one time, or maybe periodically or whatever, but the gifts are not held in possession by any single person but are periodic manifestations of the Spirit of God to anyone who is seeking after him. The Apostle James wrote, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and he will grant that request. Do you feel like you lack wisdom? Do you lack wisdom? Ask of God, and God gives, and he will give it to you. Paul especially states that he deliberately put aside that natural wisdom which he admittedly possessed and might have used because he wasn't a dumb guy. The Apostle Paul was pretty smart, schooled in the University of Gamaliel. He said, in order that I might rather be a channel for the supernatural wisdom of God, that's what he desired more than expressing his own intelligence and he says, when I came to you, I did not come with the eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. And Paul affirmed in verse 10 that the, that wisdom came by revelation, the revelation of God. And the use of the word wisdom that Paul was using in that passage in 1 Corinthians 2 is that he was using the, the wisdom in reference to the preaching of Christ and the cross and those things which God has prepared for those who love him. 
the teaching of the deep things of God, his way of salvation, which the Spirit alone concern the which the Spirit alone can search out and reveal. When there is a manifestation of a spiritual gift of the word of wisdom, there is a sense of the divine. One is deeply conscious that the supremely right thing has been spoken and there's no further action required. And finally, a few comments on the gift of the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a divinely inspired utterance prompted by the Holy Spirit to a believing Christian for the common good and the edification of the church. The gift of the word of knowledge is characterized by three specific things. Supernatural revelation of the divine will and plan. Supernatural insight or understanding of circumstances or a body of facts by revelation that is without assistance of any human resource. And it involves moral wisdom for right living and relationships. So the operation of the word of knowledge would begin with a spirit-filled believer declaring words to the effect of, I believe the Lord is saying this and this to the church, or to this group, or to this individual. And the word of knowledge would be spoken as prompted by the Holy Spirit. And so this, this kind of thing lends itself to happening in a small a smaller group setting with with friends or family or in your bible study and god provides the word of knowledge given as it's as the spiritual gift is acknowledged it is coming from the holy spirit paul says all knowledge is ultimately with the lord as he writes in colossians namely christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and one thing we know for certain is that this is certainly not artificial knowledge, is it? So then it's reasonable to believe that the Holy Spirit can impart a manifestation of the part of the d divine knowledge that is in Christ at any time he wills. So a revelation springing from that all-embracing knowledge can be justly described as a word of knowledge. The relationship of wisdom and knowledge actually is so intimate that it provides a real challenge for people who are trying to understand what God is saying to form a clear distinction between wisdom and knowledge. And it's helpful to keep in mind the well-known definition of wisdom as knowledge rightly applied. Knowledge rightly applied. Knowledge is the raw material that wisdom uses. Without knowledge, even wisdom is baffled and limited, like a clever architect with a poor building material or a competent businessman with restricted capital. Knowledge is vital. But when wisdom and knowledge are working hand in hand, there's great blessing and benefit to the church and believers in general. It's an enlarged knowledge of God in Christ that brings more abundant life. No wonder Paul prayed for the saints at Ephesus that though they had been already sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, they might also receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ in Ephesians 1. 
Another word of call, a word of caution that we should acknowledge is the whole, we need to be aware of false prophecy. Each of the gifts of the Spirit should arise from an intimate relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, through prayer and the Word of God. Um, just so you know, though, that some people, uh, you know, there's the odd person who declares the voice of the Lord and it turns out to be just an indigestion or their own crazy idea, not prompted by the Spirit of God. And that's why Paul said, others should weigh carefully what is said. Others should weigh. So, so that's your responsibility, is to weigh carefully what is said. And like the Berean believers, they, they went away and examined the Word of God carefully to see what the apostles were saying is so. Was, it, was that actually true? Okay, so as the worship team comes back now, maybe God has given you a prophetic word today that you feel should be shared. And we want to invite two or three people at the most, two or three people to come and to get the microphone from Pastor David. And we want you to be able to share a prophetic word if God has given you that. And the other thing we're going to be doing at the same time is we want to invite you to come to the front for prayer if you have not received the baptism or the filling of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you've not received the Holy Spirit's baptism in fullness. But today is your opportunity to be able to receive the Spirit of God and, and His baptism in fullness. The Holy Spirit is God and always points to Jesus and guides us into all truth. And I'd like the prayer team to come to the front just so that you feel you can come down to the, the prayer team if they would just come to the front. And if anyone would like to come and receive prayer, please do, do so and come and see one of the prayer teams. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was seen at Pentecost. The Apostle Paul was talking about the importance of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. At Pentecost, we saw the signs of wind, fire, and tongues or languages spoken, and God was worshipped. Paul instructed us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And Luke records in Acts, Jesus saying to the disciples, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And after they prayed, the Holy Spirit was resident within them. When the believers came to Christ, the Holy Spirit came into their lives, into their very beings. But there was another experience that Paul was talking about and that Pentecost was referring to. And it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So we want you to receive the Holy Spirit. If you have not experienced him today, come and receive him. Just feel free to move from your seats and come down receive prayer from the prayer team 
if you have a if you have a word from the Lord, come and see Pastor David, and he'll give you that opportunity. Let's let's stand and worship as the worship team leads us at this time. Jesus, we bless you. Thank you, Lord. Actually, I'm going to get you to have a have a quick seat. A couple of beautiful things, and, and actually, Murdochs, if you don't mind, yeah, good. If you guys can hang out and you guys keep doing what you're doing over there, um, and even during this time, if you're feeling stirred up, if you have a prophetic word, a couple of things that um, came through very clearly with uh, for me with what Pastor Les was teaching is that we've all got these gifts. And, and for some of you in this room right now, your gift could be the gift of prophecy. You might be sitting on, on a word from God for us. And I want to encourage you. I, in fact, I want to challenge you. If, if that's brewing in you right now and, and you know that you're meant to, to share it, I, I want to encourage you to do that. Now, I also love what was said about there, there's a reason why I was kind of acting as a gatekeeper. Um, we, we don't just hand the microphone to whomever. So it's good that you're in the Word. It's good that you're, you're a regular among us. We, we need to know you. There needs to be a confidence that what you're speaking is God's Word. And so we do act as a bit of a gatekeeper in that situation. But we don't want to become a barrier to you sharing your gifts. And so again, even now, you can come and interrupt me and, and we'll allow you to, to share your prophetic Word. The other thing that I think I'm super excited about, I love how you, you taught this, Pastor Les, is, is this idea that we should expect that we have a gift. This is not something that maybe one in ten kind of is, is fortunate enough to be favored by God and be given a gift. And so today we've only highlighted the first three gifts that are often referred to in Scripture. Okay, the gift of prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. And so... Maybe that isn't something that you're, you're living in and walking in right now. And maybe it's, it's a gift that is still to come. And I'm excited for me and for you and for us to journey together and learn more about these gifts. And to learn more about yourself and, and what it is you've been given. The gifts that have been shared with you. And again, I want to reflect back. There's so much good stuff. that The gifts aren't just for you. If you've got a prophetic word right now, that's why I'm trying to stir you up. If you've got a prophetic word right now, yes, you've been blessed. God has spoken to you and it's for you, but it's for us. It's, it's, it's a way that he uses you to bless us. And whatever your gift, and we're going to learn again about a lot more gifts that are used to strengthen and edify God's people and, and the, the world around us, uh, we don't want to hold those back. We want you to be operating in your gifts, exercising those gifts, so that we can enjoy that blessing. So, with that in mind, um, I want to finish in prayer. And uh, this is something we're going we're gonna to come back to. We want you to be operating in your gifts. And as you learn more about them, we want to provide opportunity. I, th I feel like that's our responsibility as a, as a church, is to provide opportunities for you to, to work in your gifts. And so I'm going to pray... Uh, before I do, I have one practical reminder that, again, if you are interested in being a part of Alpha or helping lead and or support, serve at Alpha, please come see me after the service, um, and uh, we'll, we'll put you to work. But let's pray. Father, we celebrate what has been done in this place. 
uh, above all, we love you. And, and we want to align ourselves with you. We want to be perfectly in alignment under, under you, under your authority, under your care and blessing. And so, Father, whatever way you have for that to manifest itself today, Lord, we pray that we would have big ears and soft hearts and be available. And as we go this week, Father, I pray that you would challenge us and encourage us to seek out, learn more about what the, the gifts are that you've given us. And, and that we can know with a great, a high degree of confidence that as your children, we have been given these gifts. And so, Father, stir us up to investigate, to ask of you, to find a pocket in time where we can be alone with you and, and learn more about what you've given us and how you want, to, how you want us to employ those gifts. So go with us this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be blessed. We look forward to seeing you next week. Oh, and if you see someone you haven't met before, say hi. All right, there you go. Thank you for joining us for our main service. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church, or if you just want to talk to someone about what you've heard on this podcast, please email us at info at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed.